When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Yahoo Finance presents It's a Jungle Out There, the podcast where we take a wild approach to work and management. Hosted by Liana Brinded. That's the sound of fire ants at work. You'd be forgiven for thinking their efficiency is down to the way they seem to work together, in perfect harmony to get the job done. But that's not the case at all. Studies of fire ants have shown that 30% of them do 70% of all the work. As they prove, productivity doesn't mean everyone working more. There's actually a hidden benefit to being idle. So what do we really understand as productivity and how can we boost it? So hello and welcome everyone to Yahoo Finance's podcast. Um, this week we're talking about workplace productivity and joining me now in the office is Becky Sims, who's a CEO and founder of digital marketing agency Reflect Digital. Hi there. Hi. And also in the room we've got Mark DeToro, who is a careers expert from the job site Glassdoor. Hello, thanks for having me. So today we're talking about productivity. There's this old school way of thinking about productivity, doing more in the same amount of time. But as we just heard from the studies around ants that seem to do less, but yet be more efficient, what exactly does productivity mean to you guys? Well, productivity, I think, means something different to so many people, depending on the sector or the job. And it's about in this day and age, it really is about working smarter and, and not harder. Okay, and then it's then how you define that productivity. So, I mean, that, that kind of old school office culture of the nine to five, being visible in the office, uh, being in front of a screen all day is actually really unproductive and, and unhealthy. So the smart companies identify what works for them as a business, but also understands their employees and understands how productive they are at certain times in the day. We're all productive at different times of the day. And then allows them to go off and say, Do you know what, we're going to give you the autonomy to do that. If you're going to deliver, we'll give you the responsibility and the autonomy to work when you want and how you want, as long as you're going to be as productive as possible. Yeah, so um, Becky, I mean, when it comes to productivity and you're in a almost, I say, new, new age sector, you're in digital marketing, and um, obviously hours do not apply to the nine to five. It just doesn't work anymore. So, I mean, when you think about your workforce, what does productivity mean? What, how do you measure that? So, I guess everything we do is by the hour for clients, so we know we've got retainers to deliver. But I think the most important thing for our clients is that they get value from us. Um, so, actually, we could do something in one hour that delivers so much more value than something that takes 10 hours. So, for us, it's working with the team to really think about strategies and making sure that the work that we're doing for the client is the best work that we can be doing um, that's going to make a tangible impact on their business. Yeah, it's, uh, everything's tracked by hours, though, so we know what team members are doing and we know how we're working, so we can kind of measure productivity in that way. But the actual output is the key for our clients. 
So, I mean, one thing when it does um, come around to productivity that I've always, in my head, tried to struggle to get a kind of unified definition on is when we talk about, you know, productivity, productivity growth, are we just saying squeeze more and more out of one person in the same amount of time? What? How do we rethink that ideal? Because like we just said, nine to five just doesn't work anymore. But even if we are stuck in a nine to five job to, uh, you know, bosses, do companies um, looking at the, you know, bottom line, you know, do they just want more for the same amount of time and not as much money? I feel like it's trying to help people to be more productive. So now I can't quote the study this came from, but I was at an event the other day and we were talking about having two screens. And actually, apparently there are stats to back up that that makes you 25% more productive by having two screens in the workplace. So that actually isn't then pushing the person to have to try and find more time in their day to do things, but actually we're making it easier for them to do things. So I think it's those kind of things and giving them the right tools and software to make it easier for them to actually be productive. Exactly. And I think we just have to be more creative. Companies now have to be more creative in in what they offer employees to be able to uh, increase their productivity. So, you know, you you hear you hear lots and lots of examples of companies that give give their employees breakfast, lunch and dinner right, to give them the most comfortable environment they want. You know, why do you think offices have, you know, why don't you see all these stories about cool offices and super amazing offices with table tennis tables, ping pong, video games? You know, it's because it's it's about giving them the environment that they need to, to foster that, that productivity. Uh, that, that's what it's for at the end of the day, because they, they, they understand that um, you know, employee satisfaction has a real seat at the table. There's a real seat at the table in terms of company performance. And just, just, to, just to mention a, a study we did, uh, we, we uh, joined forces with Norwich Business School, one of the top business schools in this country, and we gave them all our Glassdoor data for, for, for the last four, four to five years in the UK. And we want to identify, really, if, um, if company ratings on Glassdoor uh, resulted in better company performance. So essentially, if happy employees uh, uh, resulted in, in, in more profit for the business. And the economists went away. They took all our data and they, 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 they analysed this and they, they built their, their algorithms doing what they did. And, and what, what they came out with is the fact that a, a one-star increase in Glassdoor satisfaction rating uh, actually resulted in 1% return on assets for the company annually. So... To strip it down, essentially, if, if a, an employee is happy, it's going to result in more profit for the business. And, it, and it's not just for the for the business, it was also for shareholders. And we found within the same study an increase in 16% in shareholder value um, from, from companies where employees were happy. So it's, it's, it's really important. You've brought up a really good point in terms of what makes employees happy, right? Because there needs to be a balance. I mean, you know, at Oath, I have to say for transparency, we get free breakfast and lunch and it is delightful. And I do think that the scrambled eggs in the morning uh, do make me more productive. Um, but apart from that, I mean, that does, um, that is good. It does keep you in house and it does make you feel fueled for the day. And as an employee, you know, you feel that kind of value. And that is something quite different. Not everywhere does that. But each company I find are trying to find their happy medium and what makes, you know, staff more productive. I mean, flexi time is definitely an area where um, a lot of companies are focusing on because they, you know, think, um, don't know whether it's true or not, but it, you know, would naturally help 
especially people with children, um, have a more better work-life balance. But um, Becky, I know that we've talked about it before, mm. that flexi time is, it isn't as simple to implement and actually find that balance between um, keeping employees happy but also still delivering on the deliverables that you need for the job. Can you go through some of that? Yeah, so I think, so we looked at it and, and we we do try to be really flexible where we can, but what we didn't want to do was have it that we literally don't know what time of the day people are working and they're not, they're not able to collaborate because so much of what we do is collaborative. So actually, if we don't know who's on when, who's online, where we can speak to them, and, and our clients don't know that either, then actually it becomes really difficult to service. And, and so much of our day, we'll just be hopping in a boardroom and having a conversation about a campaign and working together and then going off and doing our own things. And, and if we're not all able to do that, it makes it really, really difficult. So that's one of the reasons that we've not opted to go that route and instead looked at a four-day working week. Yeah, so that that's a really interesting one because companies, it seems a lot more rare that have taken that step where you do four-day working weeks, um, which is essentially, um, correct me if I'm wrong, it's um, still the same pay, but the working week is squeezed into four days. Exactly, yeah. So, so tell me, I mean, tell me how you got to that point and obviously like would love to hear from Mark about you know what other companies are out there that have been kind of championing this move. Yeah so we wanted to do something to really focus on culture for the team and happiness for the team and we're in such a high pressured environment it literally is deadline followed by deadline so for us it was a case of what could we do to try and ease that burden and make sure that people are coming in refreshed every single week and and you think of those bank holiday weekends everyone does come in with a buzz afterwards and we're all happy and we're ready to go and we thought well why can't we just emulate that every single week it means slightly longer days but actually the hope is that people will be a bit more productive so although they've got the same time they've always had they've only got the Mm. four days to think about it in so they need to plan their work better they also still need to get away from the desk and we need to break that day up enough so it's not too much um, of just sitting staring at a screen all day Um, so we'll be doing lots of initiatives around that but for us it's this way of having either the Monday or the Friday off, splitting it evenly, making sure our clients still can be serviced. We're open five days, but you get those three days to really recharge your batteries and forget about work. That's what I was going to ask. Is it, is it just the Monday and Friday? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we did have a few team members that said, oh, can't I have a Wednesday? And we were like, no, because what we really want to give you is three days. Mm. Because three days is really going to let you recharge those batteries and um, and come in refreshed and actually hopefully deliver even better work than we ever have done. Um, I mean, we deliver awesome anyway. But let's see, how can we lift it up a level with, with having that better kind of mental health and, and well-being? Yeah, I mean, like, there's been lots of studies that have been rolled, um, you know, and been implemented across a lot of countries. I know, like, Sweden, Germany are big fans of this. And, of course, um, not to the same extent, but at least, you know, in France, they have, you know, new rules about emails and out-of-hours and things Mm. like that. So it seems like the world is catching on, except the UK. So this is quite rare. I mean, Mark, obviously, you have a big um, portfolio of all these companies on the Glassdoor platform that you can reference from. But are there any huge corporations or kind of sectors that are leading, by example, like this on shorter working weeks? Yeah, well, I've got, I mean, I've got a great example. I was just speaking to one of our account managers only this week and um, who's based in France. And he was saying how they, they, were, they were trying to contact and or they, they'd met Societe Generale, the big bank. Mm. And... Um, 
they have a rule where during lunchtime you're not allowed to check your emails and, and before 9 a.m. and also after 5 p.m. Uh, emails are locked off and also obviously at the weekends. So it's just it's literally impossible wow. to, to, to either... Uh, and it's, it's actually largely just... And this is just France, you say? Ah, sorry, yes, it, <laughs> yeah. it is. Unfortunately, unfortunately, we don't have that here quite yet. There are sim- similar, uh, similar policies have been implemented in Germany. But um, look, we, we, as you say, we, we have hundreds of thousands of data points on, on Glassdoor. And what we really wanted to find out is actually what, what does keep employees happy. Mm. Uh, is it, is, are this stuff, is it stuff like perks, perks and benefits? Or is it simply salary? Or is it a good pension? Mm. And... What was interesting is that compensation and benefits were consistently rating, rated among the least important factors when actually um, asking, you know, what, what, what determines your happiness in the workplace. The, the top thing is actually the culture and values of the organisation. So building that, that great culture, that really keeps them there. Um, the importance of strong leadership. Um, and of course, then, but focusing on culture, but then not compromising the pay, the pay within that. Um, so, yeah, so essentially pay is, is important, but it's never the number one reason, mm. so which is great. So, so you, you can use that in terms of when you're either negotiating with your employees or when you're trying to put a package together, because um, every employee has different have different needs. And, but I've actually got mm. some cool examples of other companies um, that have that have really quirky sort of benefit structures. Um, so uh, Smarkets, the the online uh, gaming platform, they 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 have a, a self management structure. So you don't actually have a manager. You pick your own salary. Uh, you decide when you. This work. sounds crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I mean, it's. <laughs> it, it seems to be working though. It seems to be working. Um, Barclays they do a th- they have a, a, a policy called dynamic working, which essentially means um, they you build your job around you and your life. So that's a lot more than just flexibility. Um, and then a few more uh, transfer wise, uh, they have a sauna in the office, which I don't know. Too sure about yeah, that, that one. Yeah, that could be a bit awkward. I don't together, know what like, but, employees uh, <laughs> you know going to the sauna together. It just yeah, it's a bit weird. Yes, yeah, yeah. and then um, money.co.uk um, actually put all their staff in this it's incredible actually you should, you should check it out online it's a, it's, it's a renovated castle but each room has a theme so there's like a star wars theme cinema room it's, okay it's, it's I, I i can definitely get behind there that that would be amazing <laughs> ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. In terms of how you can define what workplace culture is, I mean, when you've been doing studies on Becky, what do you think culture is? Because that's quite broad. I mean, does that mean unlimited holidays? Does that mean um, being in an environment where 
uh, it's incredibly diverse? Does it mean that everyone can be their own manager? What What is workplace culture in this context? I think it means... Um it's it's personal to every business. It is your culture. No one else can have your culture and you can't try and make a culture happen if the staff aren't kind of bought into it, which is where it really comes back to the values and it comes back to what the mission of the of the business is so that everyone can be on board. And then, and then you can have all these nice things and you mentioned unlimited holiday. I've seen some really bad studies on that, which yeah. that when it first came around. I'm not a fan of no, it, which sounds was, weird. Everyone but... was excited. It was like, woohoo, I can literally like not work. But but it doesn't work like that because normally you have to get your team to buy into covering your work for you to be off. And then suddenly you feel guilty about taking holiday. I mean, how awful is that? You've earned your holiday. You should be able to enjoy it. And, and we don't take enough holiday anyway. I mean, uh, mm. there's, there's, mm. there's some research out which, which show that across the UK, uh, 40% of the UK only take a maximum of half their holiday a year. Wow. So we're not taking our holiday anyway. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I've always, like, always irks me is that... I don't know if it's a UK thing, but I know definitely in some other countries, it's almost like a badge of honour when people go, oh, I, I've only taken seven days holiday. And I'm like, why? Like, yeah. you've earned the holiday. That's part of your contract. Take it. And as a boss, I always go like, right, when are you taking your holiday? Oh, I'm going to have this time. No, I need you to take your holiday this year. You've earned it. You need to research. You need, you know, you need that. You can't just keep working and working. So, I mean, with the unlimited holiday thing, I've been in places where we've had unlimited holiday and it's crazy people either never take holiday even less than the half that you're entitled to or some people go crazy someone was away for like two months and it left everyone in a lurch but because that was a thing that you can set your own holidays and go away two months someone was off it kind of it was highly imbalanced. I mean, have you seen any companies that have been promoting unlimited holiday and it been revered as a positive step? Or, um, I, th- I think I've I've heard anecdotally we've heard we've heard things where it's worked really well. I think it tends to work a lot better, uh, perhaps in 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 smaller businesses where where everyone is. Everyone knows each other. Everyone mm. knows what each other's working on. Everyone could pull together a lot easier. Um, in larger businesses, I think I think perhaps uh, a bit, a little bit more structure may be needed. Um, but it's quite common for for, te- for tech companies to to adopt uh, an unlimited holiday approach um, because the culture really is, you know, as long as you deliver your work and, and you've completed your work by the deadline, it shouldn't really matter uh, if and when you're taking the time off. As you said, the key is don't put your team members or anyone else under any unnecessary pressure um, and if you can if you can follow that approach then then that will work but of course there's always going to be people and employees in organizations that that don't quite get it and it doesn't work out for but I think it's a I think it's a good concept it's a very good concept but it just re- it does require management it does require management from people and communication to make mm. it work I think and businesses need to be bought into making sure that the team are all working off of shared values around everything that you're doing um, something else that we've brought in at the same time as our unlimited holiday is basically this idea that 
when a new employee starts, and they'll know about this before they start, in the first three months, if they decide, actually, I've made a mistake, this isn't the company for me, they can basically say, I'm out, and we'll help them leave, we'll give them a bonus payment to help them find their next job. And we cut and dry at that point, so that otherwise, they're going to stay maybe because they feel like, oh, I'm not ready to move on, I haven't got another opportunity. And then they might leave in five months or six months, and then they've cost us all that time, that training, that our clients get into know them etc but instead we can say to them look take the money and go and we'll replace you and that helps you find something else but then on the flip side if they love it and after three months they literally it's the best place ever they get to pick a team member that gets that bonus as a thank you for making them feel welcome in the team and that's just going to be awesome because then it's going to make everyone want to welcome them even further into the team and to really kind of make sure that initial journey does get them as part of the family. Yeah. I mean, what's really interesting about this as well, because it was the juxtaposition of talking about the large scale companies and smaller companies like yourself, but you've got about 20, 20, 22, 22 employees. So, I mean, when it comes to some of these initiatives that are clearly working on different, you know, for different companies, do you see that as you guys expand, that maybe some of the initiatives that is improving happiness, productivity, keeping people that, um, you know, happy, um, as well as, you know, doing their jobs is that, you know, that may need to be adapted because some is just not fit for purpose for companies above 50 to 100 to 200 definitely i think and i think your culture is something you've constantly got to work on and these initiatives will need to keep changing with the pace of the business the team that you're employing um i mean just thinking like of my career of like 15 20 years now the amount that's changed in the workplace in that time you've got to just be set to keep changing because it's changing quite rapidly at the moment and and everyone's becoming more open to all these different ways of working that we just need to be ready to and be agile to just try things and and see what works at different sizes of business Mm. And so, Mark, I mean, with some of these initiatives as well, um, especially talking on the larger company point of view, especially if it's a multinational, um, what kind of um, initiatives in terms of trying to improve productivity have you seen like largely working? I know we've mentioned a few before, but where, you know, do you see any that particularly work well in bigger companies but wouldn't necessarily make an impact on somewhere smaller or vice versa? Or is it just kind of a universal? Well, I, I, I think all the, the concepts that we've mentioned can, can work. It's, mm. just, it's just actually how they're implemented and, mm. and employees taking responsibility. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's an idea and there's a concept of work-life balance. But I think, I think work-life balance really is, is perhaps dead as a, as a, as a concept. What, what, what really is work-life balance is, is whatever you make it. Because um, for, for me, for example, work-life balance may be uh, checking all my emails on a Sunday night so that on Monday... Um, I'm, I'm, you know, it's, everything's fresh, and then I can, I can just. Start I'm with you though. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Same here. But, um, but for others, that's that's their worst nightmare, right? And um, and that's absolutely fine. So, whether you're a small company or a big company, um, it's just allowing your employees the the autonomy and the power to say, look, you know, work best works work 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 in in a way which works best for you, and then as long as you're you're producing the results results, then we don't mind. So. For example, you know, if we're then going to link that to productivity and happiness, we did a we did a study which which was really interesting actually, which looked at well, does money actually buy you happiness, right? So forget all these perks, benefits. Is it is it just is it actually about money? Mm. 
And um, we, we, we put it on a, a, a graph and we, we had obviously like salary running up the top and then employee satisfaction across the bottom, so happiness essentially across the bottom. And, and there was an escalating uh, curve. And then it got to about 70K, so 70,000 pounds. And then suddenly happiness started plateauing. And, it, and, and what, what we found was actually a lot more important once you get to about 70,000 pounds a year salary was things like strong leadership, the culture of the organization, flexibility. So it doesn't matter the size of the organization. It, it's, it's something which is a, which is, is, is a human nature in terms of when we get to a certain level, um, we're looking and we need certain things, different things to, to fit our lives. Companies can create these like great initiatives. You can be a totally empathetic, nurturing employer. But at the same time, when we keep talking about happiness to improve productivity, it has to come down to personal responsibility as well, right? And I I have seen and been in positions where even as, you know, a hiring manager, mm. that there's the expectations from different generations in terms of what is expected from an employer and what can you do more for me rather than they can do for you as a company. There seems to be a real attitude change and I don't know if that's just, again, me being super cranky or um, the different generation of workforce are expecting different things and a lot of companies are finding it hard to adapt. I mean, oh, is that... Absolutely. We, we see it more and more on Glassdoor. So, you know, candidates are now picking the companies. It's not it's not the companies picking the candidates because candidates now armed with all this information. They're, they're, we call them informed candidates. They they know everything about the company before the company's told them about it. The benefits, the salaries, you know, the, the work-life balance, the, 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 the size of the team, the structure. They know it all before... They've actually got to the interview process and they've decided to speak to you now. And, and, and actually, those are the best candidates. Uh, they stay a lot longer, they're more productive, um, and they, they want to work for you. And they're the kind of people you want, which is why uh, sites such as ours are, are really useful because it arms the, the job seeker with the information they need to, to be able to apply for exactly the kind of job they want and not make a, a mistake. Have you found, like, when you've um, had new people onto the team, like, what, what's been, I mean, I'm assuming that your workforce is a bit of a mix in terms of ages and things yeah. like that. Do you see any difference when it comes to interviewing people? And I know that after your last few interviews, you've had an influx yes. of CVs. <laughs> what's the kind of range that you get? And do you see a difference in attitudes when it comes to the interviewing stage? There's definitely a difference. And I think people are a lot more ballsy now at what they're willing to ask, even in a first interview around, so what happens if I want to do this? Or I want to do this. Can I do this if I work here kind of thing? And things that actually, if I think back to when I was first interviewing for a job, I never would have asked. I probably might have asked after my three-month probation. But even then, I would have probably been too scared to ask, thinking, oh, no, they won't let me do that. But people are so willing because they expect that they should be able to make work work for them, which, which actually is great that we're getting into that world but it is a re-education for us um, managers that have been working for mm. more years because it's it is a change um, but we also like I think everyone's looking for purpose now so over the summer we had some interns in from university and some of the tasks we were asking them to do to make sure that they were tasks that would fit with with their kind of um, knowledge base and what they're able to do with client work they were questioning well where's the purpose why am I writing this article and and you're finding yourself having to explain things that are, are 
not necessarily you wouldn't have expected to have to explain that to an employee before so they are looking for purpose in their work as well and I think that's that's a really key thing that do do you like that you happy with that oh I think it's brilliant I think it's great and I think the more they can understand their purpose and how that then falls into um why they do what they do and what impact they can have on our business and on our clients businesses is great but it's just a mindset change because it's different to what people have, have how they've worked previously I think yeah I mean taking off my cranky hat now I mean it seems that especially speaking to you guys that it's actually has a positive impact in terms of companies and understanding I mean because they are the new generations is a lot more forthright and a lot more honest in terms of what they are looking for I mean that seems like that has the natural impact on making workplaces better. Yeah, and I think also it means that it's no longer aspiring to have to be the top of person in a company to be able to get some of these nice benefits mm. and be more flexible, but actually everyone gets the same thing. I mean, I still remember one of my first ever jobs. I asked to leave early uh, to get to the airport because I was worried about traffic and I was going away on holiday, and they literally said no, but I worked like ridiculous. I'd work at seven in the morning through till nine o'clock at night, and I I was like, how can you say no to me? Like, I want to leave two hours early. And it just felt so unfair and it was so demotivating. And it literally, that was one of the catalysts that made me leave that job. Yeah. And, but that just wouldn't happen these days. It just wouldn't because, well, maybe it mm. would. Well, <laughs> it shouldn't. It, it should not here, company, I good, may the say. The good companies yeah. wouldn't do that. And I think there is another there is another element to that in, in terms of the generation thing. Um, and actually, and, and, and I don't think productivity is actually I think productivity is is all about sorry lack of productivity is all about um developments in in technology now um I don't think it has actually much to do with sort of that social media inspired slacking off in the in the workplace um it's actually I think the workers are outgrowing um the technology so in 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 like the 80s and the 90s we had this this move from sort of um, you know, uh, file cabinets to like typewriters to like computers, which made things a lot more efficient and productive. And then, and then from spreadsheets, word processing software, and then internet in the nineties, etc. Um, but recently, in the last decade, we haven't had that kind of groundbreaking uh, increase in technologies, which, mm. which has which has, has led to this slowdown in, in productivity, which is which is which is which is actually a thing, right? So, so so the the point is, and the question then becomes, workplaces need to be more creative. To, to 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 build that um, productivity back up again. So obviously you think things like Slack messaging messaging services, which which is is, is designed to sort of um, uh, make sure people send fewer emails and stuff like that, which is supposed to increase productivity. But you know it's about flexible working, autonomy, and, and responsibility. So the key is you just got to be creative because the technology isn't increasing at a level it once was in the 80s and 90s to to to, to increase that productivity. To, to fall in line with productivity. So employees are now forced to be more creative. They can't rely on, on say, you know, you know we, all, we all know what it felt like when the first iPhone came out, right? It was incredible. It changed a lot of our lives in terms of how we speak mm. to people, communicate. It's the same thing with things in the workplace. But could it be something as, as simple as actually getting back to basics, actually, um, because we've reached in a way such a saturation point that especially, you know, productivity isn't just about the motivation in order to do your job. It's sometimes actually, you know, you've got so many things to do and your attention is pulled in a million different places because of technology that, um, you know, I mean, there was uh, there was one neuroscience professor that was talking about the, actually the ant productivity conundrum um, thing. And, um, but he was actually saying that one of 
um, the studies when they found is that multitasking is a huge problem to productivity. Like, you know, I, I pride myself on being a multitasker, as I'm sure a lot of people will. But um, some of these professors are actually saying that actually the more our brains aren't really as wired as we think it is to do a million things at once and actually focusing on one thing within a certain amount of time and just concentrating on that one thing. You can get it done quicker and therefore you have more time and also mentally you're a bit more freed up. I mean, is it really a question of going back to basics rather than thinking of anything too crazy? Yeah, I guess it definitely if you can focus on something, you're going to you're gonna get it done quicker. Um, but it's trying to, I guess we all... We're also demanding these days. We want things immediately. We're used to being in a world where you literally can pick up your phone and you can find an answer to almost anything. So therefore, we want to be able to help people. And while you're doing something, you, mm. if someone comes over and asks a question, you're going to try and help them. And But actually, we probably do need to get better at saying, actually, can I just focus on what I'm doing? And then I'll help you. You can do but, the passive-aggressive, massive yeah. earphone thing. Yeah. And it's just like, mm, Don't no. talk to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I'm in the zone. I'm wired in. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it's just aggressive. It's not domestic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is interesting though, isn't it? Cuz yeah, we do we do, we're all multitasking all the time and as you say, we're quite proud to say we can multitask, but actually, yeah, maybe it's not a great thing when we're doing it. And I think also let's let's throw in AI and AI jobs and how that's going to change and and evolve multitasking. Maybe we won't have to multitask so much with when when AI comes in. It's going to take a while. Um it hasn't dramatically changed the the jobs landscape right now, but in years to come, AI jobs will 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 remove any of these sort of lower lower sort of level level jobs which which maybe you didn't want to do and 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 will increase productivity and will increase uh, efficiency in the workplace. I mean that's that's the dream, isn't it? That's that's the reality. And jobs will be lost, yes, but thousands and thousands of jobs will be created as, as, as yeah. a as a result. And even not with AI, just with automation, like we see it all the time. There's a lot of things from a marketing point of view. We see marketing managers and companies having to pull lists from one place to send an email to something else and, and all these processes that go behind the marketing of their business that actually they can automate and companies like ourselves can help them put those things in place. But it means investing in technology and investing in services. And sometimes that message doesn't always reach the top to make sure that there's the right budget available for these things because that can massively increase productivity and take away some mind-numbing jobs that actually then probably make you a bit less productive if you're just doing spreadsheet copy and paste for ages and and then you've kind of lost the will that day that's kind of you done but actually if we can get that into an automated task that can definitely help. Well, I think that is an awesome uh, way to wrap up this episode, especially very future looking, thinking about tech and automation and impact on productivity. But thank you very much, Becky and Mark, for joining us today. And thank you for having us. Thank you. It's Absolutely. Been great. And thank you to all our listeners that have tuned in. And do not forget that you can find the show notes and helpful articles under the Work and Management channel on uk.finance.yahoo.com. And of course, if you like this episode, please rate subscribe and tell your friends about us and while you're at it download the yahoo finance app for unparalleled access to data and alerts on the go yahoo finance presents it's a jungle out there produced by liana brinded and caitlin mercer recorded edited and mixed by lolita laguna and music by gregory moore
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.